Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cabaret Secrets. This is Gary Williams, and today I'm joined by someone who is famous for having the best laugh in show business. <laughs> She's a wonderful pianist as well, as having a great sense of humour. It's Maria King. Maria, welcome to Cabaret Secrets. Yeah, it's really nice to sit here talking <laughs> with you, Gary. <laughs> and you wonder what I'm going to ask you. <laughs> yeah. Nothing complicated, I have. No, nothing complicated. So, what I want, why I wanted to talk to you is because, you know, we've been talking to lots of different artists and agents and people in the business, and what's interesting with you is that you and I met, can you remember how long ago, how many years ago? It was probably about six or seven years ago, wasn't it, Mary? And at that time, I think you were working on a ship as a classical yeah. artist. Was... As a classical artist, it's a little bit different to being a headline act, isn't it? Because you work... Well, what, how, what's the deal when you're a, a classical artist? How often do you play and where do you play? Well, on P&O, we had to do three concerts on average a week, doubles. So, um... Uh, nine concerts a week but um three different ones all different repertoire so if you were on for uh, three weeks that would be nine completely different concerts um by which time you'd be having a heart attack and you'd be playing <laughs> you'd be playing roll out the barrel on the last concert in the style of chopin yeah in the style of chopin so it was, it was quite a tough um job really uh, and unfortunately it wasn't paid um, as well as the cabaret, you know, doing a show, a, a headline act. Hence the reason for you wanting to be <laughs> a headline Absolutely, act. money is everything to I thought you were doing it for the people, <laughs> you're just doing it for the money. Because <laughs> you studied at quite a nice school, didn't you? Yeah. Or was it in, in Manchester? Tell us where yeah. you went. Well, I, I went to a normal school in Cheadle Hume, and then uh, I went to, um, well, I was at a Saturday school for music, uh, which was very at the Junior Royal Northern College of Music, and then and I proceeded to go to the um, Royal Northern College of Music as a student and gained my degree there, and I spent it, it, five years, yeah. And you were playing classical piano? Yeah, classical, studying Rachmaninoff, Prokofiev, um, Shostakovich, Stravinsky, all that sort of stuff. I know. can't even spell those. No, neither can I. <laughs> <laughs> but you play them really well. So it was quite serious, heavy stuff, proper, yeah. proper classical yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah, I used to practice like eight hours a day, and uh, it, I loved it, you know, I was obsessed with the piano, so... Um, but, um, so, but when did you? I mean, what you're doing now seems mm. a far cry from yeah. uh, what you were doing then. Mm. When did you first think that you might be a, a headline entertainer? Well, what happened? The story of from when I left college. Um, obviously, it's difficult to work uh, work straight away when you've left college. There's not much work around. So, my original piano teacher helped me get, uh, well, encouraged me to get a job as an accompanist at the college. So I stayed there. Work well. I did a, a year free work there and then taught as well to sort of pay my rent and all the rest of it taught in a couple of schools and privately and then I got a job after a year as an official accompanist at the Royal Northern College of Music so I was accompanying all the different students singers mm. everything um but then realizing what the other official accompanists had turned out like like some of them were talking to walls and stuff and they'd gone a little bit on Prozac and all the rest of it I realized that I didn't want to do that as a job because it was a high stress job learning music so fast reading it and then being put and it was always your fault if their diploma or exam went wrong because right. they'd blame it on the accompanist so I ended up uh, thinking I will end up a nervous wreck if I carry on this I was always accompanying other people so it'd been a while since I'd done any solo gigs you know so the first thing was um I thought maybe I could do something on my own so that's what got me into the um 
uh, doing the solos on cruise ships, doing the solo performances. So I sort of uh, got all my solo repertoire that I'd learned at college and I did a bit more. And, um, and, and after a year, I think it was when they were completely desperate, they rang me. Um, <laughs> I had a day's notice, so I had to take it because it was my opportunity to I mean, do joking it. aside, that's often how it works, isn't it? When I've got yeah. friends that are trying to get work on ships, they're trying to get an in, mm. and they've got their act, it's all ready to go, yeah. and it, what happens is you know, the agents don't want to use them, or those bookers on the ships don't want to use them because they've got the people that they're using already, and, you that's know, everyone's mm. happy. It's when something goes wrong, when someone's sick or someone drops out, they're mm. like, oh, who are we going to get? And there's, yeah. oh, there's this person here. And that's your chance, isn't it? Absolutely. And for you, that was your chance. Obviously, you did well because they asked you back. Well, what happened was, uh, unfortunately, I thought someone was doing voodoo on me because when I got to the Caribbean, all my luggage was lost. And I had, on your first one? Yeah, you know, on my first oh. one with P&O. And so I had to actually do all... I have no music to refer... I mean, I do things by memory, but it's nice to have a look at this, the charts before, isn't it? You go on. Had no clothes, had to borrow people's clothes, no makeup, no toothbrush. Had to buy it all there. And uh, I was very upset about it. It, but the audience felt sorry for me so even though I might not have been a great standard I sort of got a rap played the pity yes. card <laughs> pity card and <laughs> they sort of um, enjoyed it and so over six concerts because that was a two week cruise um, I had the place packed out by the end of the two weeks by which time my luggage had arrived and they all cheered when I came on in my dress <laughs> you know in my proper dress <laughs> so it was quite a nice thing so I don't think it was because I was any good or anything it was just the audience audience like a little bit to talk about sometimes you know i think you're being very modest well maybe you were rubbish i, <laughs> I think you're being modest though. <laughs> i wasn't there um so mm. you did that for yeah. some time but but what, was it during that period that you started thinking i reckon i might be able to be an actor well, how did it work it wasn't so much the money it was just people kept saying to me oh you're great on stage you you, you like you, you're quite entertaining talking with the audience why don't you do a, a show and so i went to all the possible shows i could go to and learnt from other entertainers really by what they did um, whether they were fantastic or whether they were really bad I mean you learn from a bad record sometimes don't you but they were mainly amazing acts I was seeing and I was so inspired to do like an act but um, what we had to do is get all the arrangements um, uh, and I didn't have much money so um, it was hard to pay for arrangements to be so I did that gradually then um, different cruise directors realised I wanted to do an act so then actually made uh, allowed me to have the trio play with me in some concerts so I got experience playing with yeah. a small band and um, and sort of gradually learnt my repertoire for a show then I sent my stuff well I sent my stuff to Gary Parks anyway. Who's your agent now? Yeah, he's fabulous. But um, he, obviously he gets hundreds of things through the post every single day. He told me the other week that he gets sent 300 emails a week of yeah. people asking for work. That's it, and I've seen his mail um, pile of mail as well that he hasn't even had a chance to open. So I think because everything's done on email, and in those days, because this was about six years ago, I'd sent a letter and then I'd sent him a text, but obviously he's going to ignore that. But then um, such people as Bobby Crush were doing the, the the shows on the thing and they'd mentioned my name to him. So then he eventually opened my CD and opened my letter. And um, So you'd sent it in, but it, he hadn't yeah. had time to look well, at it. why should he look at it, you know? Uh, right, and, mm. and, uh, but it, it, well, it took... It took other about people three years, recommendation. Yeah. It took three years. I, I would three years say of what? about two or three years of well, he 
he did respond to a phone call, but then it was three years <laughs> of, of pr- proving myself, you know. What, through, through him giving you work, or just three years of, uh, three of you having years to... Three doing um, classical, and then he, then he and Jonathan Blackburn invited me, well, after sending a CD and a DVD to him, because on one of the shows where I was doing with, on classical concerts where I was doing with a trio, I videoed it, and it was the last concert, and fortunately... Uh, and fortunately, it, I got a standing ovation at the end because all the audience knew me because I'd done tons of concerts. It wasn't particularly because of that show. Uh, and it was in a theatre. And eventually he listened to it after about six months and then he rang me up and he said, you should be doing cover. I said, well, I have been trying to get in touch. <laughs> anyway. Um, of course, then he can claim yeah. that he discovered you. Yeah, I found that guy. Yeah. But then anyway, um, bless him, he invited me to do a showcase in 2008 now it was. Yeah. So this was when Gary Parks, the agent, was also working alongside Jonathan yes. Blackburn, and they would hire this venue to with showcase a live audience, yeah. with a real live audience, yeah. get all the agents and the bookers there. Yeah. So this would, and they'd organise the band and everything. So this would be your chance and a load of other yeah. artists to showcase yourselves. Yeah. I think they did it for three day or two nights or three nights, and I was starting off one of the nights. I was absolutely cacking myself with nerves. I was really. Is that nervous. a classical phrase? <laughs> Um, No, it was very, very nerve-wracking, but I did it, and then Gary Parts rang me the next day uh, when he was driving, and he said, oh, um, you know, all the agents seem really interested in you, and I said, well, he said, don't take any more classical, I said, hey, but I've got no money, I've got to take any work I have, and he just said, watch this space, and from then on, I've been pretty busy all the time. As a headline Mm -hmm. act. Thank you for listening to this Cabaret Secrets podcast. If you've got any comments or questions, please visit cabaretsecrets.com where you'll also find details of the Cabaret Secrets book, an indispensable guide on how to create your own show, travel the world, and get paid to do what you love.